You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com, on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter, and take your first step into a larger world. So today, got something really cool for you guys. It's a one-shot edition of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I may eventually name this something else, uh, but really cool. This is something I've been looking to do for a long, long time. Uh, so today, I've managed to track down one Ryan Johnson. Not that Ryan Johnson, but Ryan Johnson from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan who is said to have the largest Star Wars collection in all of Canada, which is, you know, uh, if you've looked at a map recently, Canada's a big place with a lot of people. Uh, so to, to have that claim to fame is certainly something very impressive and, and something that I want to learn more about and I'm pretty sure you'd like to hear about too. Uh, so I'm thrilled to be able to have uh, got, to, got the chance to speak to Ryan and uh, learn a bit more about his 25,000-piece collection and probably more than that now. So we'll learn a bit about that. Uh, we'll learn about how he got started, how he keeps his hobby humming along and thriving, and a whole lot more. So without further ado, let's say hi to Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, how you doing, sir? Excellent. Great day. It is a great day. It's it's you know we're we're expecting the trailer for the Last Jedi any time now. It's the kickoff to the NHL season. It is a good time to be a Star Wars fan and a Canadian. Absolutely. So let's get quickly into your origin story here. So I think you first hit the, the media map in 2015 in the run-up to The Force Awakens. And uh, in your story with CBC, it said that uh, you, were, you, got, you guys changed cities and you were devastated over it. So your mom, to console you, bought you a Stormtrooper figure. Absolutely. Yeah, so as a, as a kid growing up, uh, we lived in Swift Current and uh, dad got a job in Regina. So we moved to Regina. You know, I'm four years old, don't know anybody, um, feeling kind of down and it's just, you know, don't know anyone. It was a new subdivision at the time, so there's not a lot of kids yet, uh, houses still being built, so you're kind of by yourself, you, you have no one. And uh, so mom bought me a Stormtrooper figure and uh, that was my first Star Wars figure. Never seen the movie, never heard anything about it, never saw a commercial, but I had a Stormtrooper. This looks pretty cool. And uh, so, of course, you know, look at the back. Oh, there's another 11 figures I do not have. So <laughs> I have the other one. So I think my second one was a, a Princess Leia. But anyhow, uh, so yeah, mom bought me my first Stormtrooper. And uh, that was my absolute favorite figure. I still actually have that one. Wow. I have most of my toys as a kid. But that one I definitely can spy because it's the most beat up, chewed up figure I got. Um, but uh, it, it's definitely the, the first one I had. And then Princess Leia, and then after that, then it was just, I couldn't tell you the order after that, but, you know, I had to have them all. And uh, so that, that's how it started. So that was it, really. It's, it's, it's at four or five years old, you get this one figure, and really the rest is history. You were bitten right off the hop. Absolutely. Well, you know, it, it opened, you know, because I hadn't seen the movies, I had no idea what to expect. I just see this really cool guy, looks like he's in white armor. Um, he's got a really cool looking gun then you get you know, all these other figures and you have no idea how they play so with imagination you just play with the figures 
And again, you know, the best part about Star Wars toys was as a kid was playing with them. And, uh, you know, all my stuff as a kid is all, you know, they're all beat up and well played with. Right. Um, so that was my my childhood with the, with with the toys in my imagination. So then when I finally first saw Star Wars was when it came out with Empire Strikes Back in 1980 uh, in Regina. They had a double feature. So they had uh, they had play back to back. And I think they used to call it the. Empire Cinema or something like that. It was on Broad Street. Anyhow, it's long since gone. But I just had my tonsils out and, and you know, dad wanted to make me feel better kind of thing. So I just got out of the hospital, not feeling very good. And, you know, come in and uh, got to see Star Wars for the very first time. And Empire Strikes Back right after. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Um, so you finally get I, to frame up all these characters. You finally yeah. get to see how they slot in with one another. Exactly. And then uh, a couple other things I, I had seen. Um I have a couple other memories as a kid of Star Wars before actually seeing the movie was the holiday special everyone hates so much. <laughs> and I have to say, as a kid, um, I remember coming home and watching half of it, uh, the kind of scene where Chewie throws the uh, the trooper over the side of the um, the treehouse and, uh, you know, the guy drinking alcohol through the you know, his top of his head. And uh, it, was, it was something I saw as a kid. And of course, no one ever believed me because I'm telling my kids at school, hey, I saw this weird thing. It looks like a stormtrooper. It was like some Star Wars things on TV. And they all say I'm insane because it was only ever the one time. And if, unless you had a beta vision or a beta, and few people may have VHS at the time, almost nobody saw it unless you were happy to be home that time. And uh, so I saw that. And it took me, I bet you it was the late 80s, but I finally got a decent copy from somebody. Who copied it from a beta vision or from a beta onto a, a VHS, and of course now it's all on, on digital. But um, the best part of it was the commercials and the Boba Fett scene, hands down. The rest of the show, painful. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was a hard one to get because at the time nobody, most of my friends still didn't know what I was talking about because the internet wasn't around yet. It wasn't something where now you just you know Google it and bang, here it is. And you know it was at the time before it was easy to find, right? But anyhow, that that was uh, my very first thing of any reference to Star Wars. But because nobody saw it, I couldn't share with anybody, and I wasn't really sure if I saw, you know, if that was Star Wars or not, or just a piece of it. But anyhow, so long story short, that was my very first indication of seeing Star Wars. And then, of course, uh, after seeing Star Wars Empire together, uh, we had uh, well had to have all the toys because just had to have them. Um, then we saw the making of Star Wars and the making of Empire Strikes Back, and I think by then. This would have been before Jedi. I think you start buying videotapes at a reasonable price as a kid. I think, you know, a hundred bucks for a cassette tape, if you can imagine that now. That's crazy. Uh, but that's what it costs if you went to the video store to buy one. And, and most of them didn't buy them, they just rented, but I had to own it. So, you know, I had to work all summer kind of thing to make enough money to, to buy my videos. So, but yeah, so that was the early 80s. And then when um, Jedi came out, I was number three in line in Regina. Uh, I remember dad dropped me off early morning. I think the first show was at 12 or one o'clock in the afternoon. And it was a blockbuster because as a kid, you know, I was like 12 years old and the block was full of people all the way around. Um, and uh, so I was one of the first people to get on that one. And if I remember right, they were giving out freebie uh, movie um, portfolios type things. And so I have that and that's in my childhood collection bit. So in my collection, I have everything broken up. So it's childhood stuff ain't mint. Well used, well loved, but not really display worthy. <laughs> so I, I have that in a special place. Like if the house burns down. That's the box I'm grabbing. Yeah, I got lots of really good, cool stuff, but that's the box I'm saving. Yeah, all the, the memories are tied up in that box. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah so it's to hard me, to break away from. So that's the more important one. So yeah. So that long story short, that's kind of how I got into it. And of course, with my imagination, and you know, and I'm what 44 now, and I still have a great imagination, and I still always, you know, think of the Star Wars universe as a kid. So uh, when I collect stuff, it's almost like feeding that first time. Um, so when, um, especially vintage stuff, like, uh, I, I, there's very little vintage I don't need. Um, but if I see vintage, you know what, unless it's grossly overpriced, I kind of have to buy it just because it makes me feel like a kid again for that <laughs> little bit of time. And then I bring the home and think, I hope this is better than what I have now. And, you know, oh yeah, this was a better one. Good. Okay. So, you know, I, I did well, but, um, but it, yeah. So when I see, see Star Wars stuff, especially vintage stuff, it just reminds me of a time when, you know, I was like a kid, um, you know, the only thing better than that is if you go to like a celebration and you see some of these, uh, vendors uh, set up and, you know, they got a wall full of vintage carded figures. It's like, this reminds me of the Sears when I was a kid or, uh, you know, you know, uh, Woolworths or uh, Zellers kind of thing. It's like, wow. Zellers. Is- that's, that's my only memory of shopping for, for Star Wars stuff as a kid. I have just vague memories of seeing, you know, uh, stuff, figures from Return of the Jedi swinging on the pegs. I yep. don't go back any further than that. And I, I wish I had been around for those original runs. Well, I'll give you my, my most horrible story um, is I remember as a kid, this would have been about 85. There was a basket full of um, yak faces, two ninety nine Sears Bargain Center in Regina. And I, I remember mom asking, do you want one? I looked at, no, I don't need him. He's ugly. Oh, no. Fully 20 in there. Yeah, all power of the forest card. And, you know, of course, they're now anywhere between two and ten grand, depending on condition. And yeah, I paid dearly for mine now, but at the time, I got three bucks, and I could have probably bought like all of them. And no, nope, no, nope. and didn't didn't think I would ever do it again. But that was my weakest moment in my life, and that was also the dumbest thing I ever did or didn't do. Well, yeah, my parents have those same laments of all the toys that my my brother and I had as kids. Star Wars, chief among them. Yep, and. You know, we we go to cons all the time, and we'll come back and say, "Hey, remember that toy you bought us as kids? I saw it today. Guess how much it was? Three thousand dollars." And they go, "Oh my god! Like, imagine if 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 only they had known, they would have yeah. just bought us all these toys and never given them to us." But you know, the reality is, because we played with our toys, that is why there were something like the stuff they make now. Unless it's a variant that was a printing mistake or an air, you know, a, a very very limited run that you can't just go to the store and buy. The stuff they make now for the last 20 years is going to be worthless. It's it, it's worth less than really what you paid for it. But that's if you're buying stuff because you want it for value. I'm buying because it it's artwork to me. I mean, my whole edition and stuff set up so it's, I can display it to see it as much as I can. And then I you know every once in a while I rotate stuff out, put new things up. But um, yeah, that's the reality. Is The reason why the old stuff is worth something is because we played with it and we didn't keep it mint in package. And nowadays, exactly. everyone's got this idea, nah, you've got to keep it mint because it'll be worth something. It's like, uh-uh. Your weight, you're 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 fooling yourself if you think the new stuff is going to be worth something. It's just too mass produced, and everyone's keeping mint. It's actually almost rare to find a toy played with. Um, you know, <laughs> that's true. It's so, true. Yeah, that's my 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 musings. Anyhow, I, it makes total sense. Yeah, because we we created our own scarcity as kids. Yep. We trashed the packages, we trashed the toys, and now ooh, now we're all precious about it. Let's keep everything in the box. And if you want to keep it that way for appearances' sake, for displaying like you like you do, perfect. Yep, but, but you're not going to set up your a trust fund with this stuff anymore. 
exactly. You know, it, it, it just it just takes up space. Um, now, with my kids, I always buy extras of the new stuff or newer stuff so that they have that to play with. So I never had to worry about risking coming home one day and seeing boxes and the boxes all ripped open and you know, kids playing with them in the middle. So I've always bought them <laughs> their own. These are yours. You rip this open. It's okay. But the stuff over here, it's on the wall or in a rack. You can't touch those. <laughs> Leave <laughs> those alone. I've been pretty lucky. <laughs> so far. So far. <laughs> they, once they get I'm, a little taller, a little stronger, maybe maybe not so much. Well, my son now is what, 14, 15? Oh, uh, yeah, 14, 15. Oh, and, boy. All right. But when he grew up, he was a huge, huge Star Wars fan, and I probably had a lot of, to do with that. Yeah, now he tries to avoid Star Wars like the plague, at least with his friends. But I still think secretly he still really enjoys it. But he, it's not cool right now as a 14-year-old to be a Star Wars fan. My daughter, who's like three, uh, she loves, especially his new Force Destiny uh, line. You know, she's pretty pumped for like for Halloween. She'll be a pink Vader. Awesome. I didn't, I, I didn't even ask for that. She just decided on her own. Hey, I want to be a pink Vader. I will support that. My wife's going to help her. I got a friend making a nice uh, pink uh, Vader costume. She'll be a good pink Vader. That's amazing. Yeah. Love it when they get involved young. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I hope when so, she's 16, though, she still at least appreciates it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, teach them up right, coach them up right. You never know. Yeah, exactly. So what did your parents think of all this in the 80s? Were they sort of uh, enablers or did they try and pump the brakes for you a little bit? Um, I remember dad talking to me about, you know, maybe you shouldn't open these figures. And he actually, dad actually was maybe a little smarter than I was. He's a visionary. Yeah. He thought, you know, maybe you might want to keep some of these mint packs. I remember, I think the last store trooper I opened up, um, what they used to do is used to buy star Wars figures and they would hide them. And then for my birthday, they'd give me four or five figures. And, you know, sometimes they're ones I, you know, most of the times they're ones I had, but, um, you know, they were still in variety packages and stuff of course as a kid i didn't care it was just oh i need it rip and i remember dad the last time he gave me a bunch of figures for a birthday or christmas or something it was kind of like okay you may want to keep these ones mint and you know nah rip oh and yeah well <laughs> hindsight is yeah but you know what i don't care um it, it's fun still buying the old mint stuff in package to me uh, even loose stuff is pretty cool because you, you almost never see it anymore because most people have hoarded it away now that have it uh, but occasionally I'll get a phone call from a guy that says, Hey, I've had this stuff for 30 years. I don't know what to do with it. We'll go through it and I'll go through it. And, you know, sometimes I'm surprised. Like, oh, wow. And, yeah, he's got boost angle tooth. Oh, well, I got three, but yeah, I'll tell you what. And, and a lot of guys, they just want to get rid of the whole collection. So I'm the kind of guy that, okay, I hate to say this out loud because I'll get a thousand phone calls, but I'll, if there's a lot of stuff in there, where there's a lot of things I need, I'll just buy the whole collection out. And then, yeah, I got doubles. And what do I do with the doubles? Well, in storage or find someone that really wants it and trade it off for stuff I needed better. But um, yeah, so, you know, you get these, these occasional things, but you never go to a grad sale anymore or uh, things. Cause if you find a star Wars for most part, top dollar, I'm like, well, you know, I really don't need it. So I'm not going to buy it. But sometimes if you get a, a enough stuff together, you can get some decent things and you know, it doesn't cost you quite a mortgage payment, but you know, depends. You gotta do your research, right? Yeah, Absolutely. So you mentioned before that you have you have a box of toys from when you were a kid. 
But I, yeah. I assume that the now, at least for the vintage stuff, the bulk of the stuff you've replaced with with higher quality, better condition figures. Yeah. So I have a I'm one of these weird collectors. I have a pro or a, a collection charter. You know, is and, and it's been revised many times. I mean, if you, and it and my collection now is uh, focusing on anything that's uh, action figure, uh, playset, vehicle, uh, trading card. Um, I really like Star Wars Armada and X-Wing series. It's just fun to play, but the detail is amazing. Uh, so I pick up that, uh, the original, and anything vintage for the most part, but anything that's more modern, it's got to be a figure or something related to that uh, for me to collect it. But so on the vintage stuff, I, I want the best condition uh, thing I can get. So if I can get a uh, AFA 90, I'll take a 90 if I have a 75. And I'll trade off the 75 for something else I needed. Um, so at the end of the day, I want to have a complete ultra mint set of everything vintage and all the modern stuff I already have that's pretty well, you know, AFA 80 or better. Um, I don't AFA any of the modern stuff because it's just no point. Uh, but I do have a few odd things like, uh, uh, Hasbro came out with a, uh, Boba Fett to appease us. I'll backtrack. Most of the collectors out there will know this. When we were kids, we all bought all the figures, cut out the proof of purchase, sent them off. We wanted the jetpack firing Boba Fett. Everyone wanted that. And every single one of us was shocked and disappointed when we all got the little box, came in the mail, and we opened it up. And uh, it's just a regular Boba Fett with a, you know, in a Kenner baggie. And it, the, the, the jetpack never fired. Back in 2010, Hasbro finally felt bad enough for us collectors. And I don't remember the release. It wasn't a large release. It might have been like 5,000 figures. That they released a mint on a Star Wars card. Of course, it's it's a reproduction, uh, but it was a jetpack firing vet. Finally, we got this figure that we've been waiting almost forever. <laughs> for. uh, so of course, I was able to pick up three when I was at celebration. Like, yeah, I gotta have these just because. So I ripped one open, so I got one on display, and I kept. I got uh, one. I put AFA because that, I you know, no collector should be duped thinking it's a real one. But hey, that's the one that we all wanted. Um, you know. And I don't know if you follow any collectors on, on eBay and that, but uh, I think the rule of thumb is there's there's three verifiable Boba Fetts with jet firing packs. But if you look at eBay and all these other collector sites, there's like, you know, got to be a hundred of them. I, I, I have a feeling most of them are fakes, but, you know, it, it's one where at least I know mine's a fake, but it was Kenner being nice after 30 some odd years of, you know, you know, leaving us in the dark of what we wanted. So anyhow, so that one, because of what it is, it's not worth a lot of money, but I had to AFA that one. Uh, so there's a few choice pieces I'll AFA, but only vintage stuff for the most part gets, it gets AFA because it's just not um, it's worth, not worth it. it otherwise. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it, it, if something happened to my uh, episode one figures, I can buy a complete set of episode one figures on eBay from the US. And, you know, they won't be Canadian carded, which will suck, but um, at least I can get them. Yeah, I, I, I still have this theory that somewhere is a warehouse full of Phantom Menace toys. I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah, well, you know, they so mass produce that stuff. And uh, it didn't quite. Uh, initially, I think it sold very well, but then it started getting slower and slower. And then, yeah, there was yeah, there was a lot of deals we had at the end of that movie run. And, uh, you know, that's a good time to go buy stuff that you weren't really going to collect before. But that's when I was still a completist. So back to my um, my my collection charter is my first version was a completist. I wanted everything. Well, it doesn't take you to be a rocket scientist to realize that there's so much mass-produced and marketed stuff out there. Unless you're a billionaire, you're not going to have it all. Um, but I tried hard. <laughs> <laughs> you gave it a shot. 
I I put a major dent in. So most things that came out in Canada from about uh, 85 to about 2001, uh, that uh, would be uh, probably 99, episode one for sure. But after episode one, I started focusing and narrowing down what I was collecting. But yeah, you know, if it came out like a pencil case or a freaking eraser thing, I, I, I'd pick it up. Food, yeah, I got every freaking food box they ever came out with it at that point but some of the vintage stuff though is is harder to find but as i find it i'll still pick it up but um you know i if i was smarter as a kid i would have done it much easier but you know it is what it is so you still have an old c3po's box the cereal yes, yes i have general mills uh 3po uh what was the other one uh there was it was r2d2 3po um chewbacca there's a chewy one yeah, I'd have to really start searching for them. But yeah, I got them. I, I, I remember keep... having a, a box of C-3PO cereal as a kid. And I, I just wish I had that box again. I'm sure they're available. Oh, yeah. There's there's actually, there's with the invention of Facebook um, and, and the collector groups out there, if you if that's what you collect, there's a Facebook group just on the cereal boxes. If uh, and, and you can get into a very, uh, very focused area and there are people there that collect that. Uh, just backing their figures. There's a full group that just picks up the back of cards. I mean, to myself, I'd rather have a figure on the card, but I do have most of the figures without you know, just the cards too, because as you've been collecting, you end up, you know, I'm not going to throw this out. I'm going to keep it, but I'll just catalog it, throw it in the database and, you know, put it in a shelf somewhere, or put it in a box um, because there are some people that's all they collect. Um, so yeah, it's amazing. There's so many different kind of collectors out there that uh, as, as you start meeting more and more people, you start knowing, what what they like to collect and stuff and i still have a fairly wide net of stuff i collect but you know i've been out of room for five years and i'm still collecting so i i'm, I'm <laughs> the walls uh, closing in on you yeah i gotta figure i gotta start uh you know really focusing down on what's the most important stuff to me as especially with you know episode eight you know it was a small release of stuff right now but you know, Han Solo comes out next year and then episode nine will come out and it's like, you know what, I'm going to have to be pretty picky or I'll have to buy stuff and not display it. To me, that's a sin. Like I'm buying the stuff as artwork so I can look at it and appreciate it. And if I have to put it in a box, I can't really appreciate it. But yeah, physically, I got 1100 square foot place here, 11 foot ceilings, and it's pretty well as full as I can without making it look too cluttered. And, um, you know, even as it is, there's stuff I should probably put in storage and, you know, bring stuff back with storage and display, but you know, it, it is what, again, it is what it is. I, I do my best to be able to enjoy my best pieces and, uh, you know, change things out. So it's not always the same. So it's, it's pretty much that it's a rotation for you then like things will sit out for a while for a season or whatever it is. And then, okay, I've got this cool thing now, or I, I want to look at that for a while. So this yeah. comes out, that goes in. I have friends who are curators for museums and that, and they give me great advice and that, and, you know, handling techniques or, you know, here's things you can do and what have you. So, yeah, that I, I do that. Um, but stuff on the walls, like most of the figures, I don't move around. Um, the problem is ever since 2010, those figures, I have room to display them. So I have some center um, display boards with uh, like the standard pegs on them. And I put them on there. And then when I'm, you know, I'm tired of Clone Wars stuff, I'll put the Clone Wars guys away and I'll bring out the, you know, the um, episode seven stuff or, you know, those kinds of things. But the stuff on the walls is the original figures from 1977, 78, right up until um, 07 is on the walls um, with the uh, Sega collection. And then after that, then I started doing the, they released the um, the vintage collection pieces. 
And those ones will be of purpose because that, of all the sets, that's actually one of my favorite of the modern stuff because they kind of had cards that would have been, you know, if they continued making the original figures today, that whole set of a hundred and some odd figures, that's it. And it's, it's a pretty cool set. So that it one is, has they're to really stay. nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that one I'll always keep out, but you know, Clone Wars will come and go because Clone Wars is a great series and that, but you know, yeah, the, the cartoonish style of the figures aren't really something I like as much as I like the stuff that was more, you know, more realistic. You know, when, when Hasbro started using 3D scanners to scan people and things when they made figures, that's when they started making figures. Oh, not really for kids anymore. They're really for adults. <laughs> they're so realistic. and uh, Yeah, you know, they're made are, for us. <laughs> they made them for 40-somethings. <laughs> exactly. And those ones I like to display because they look so cool. But, uh, yeah. So what... What's, what was Force Friday 2? What was that like for you a few weeks ago? Was that sort of like, a, I'm taking the day off work, clear my schedule, and I'm going to hit all the Walmarts, all the Toys R Us, everything within 50 kilometers of me, I'm going to pillage that place today. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, basically, I, I, I had to work, but um, I was in Regina uh, at, when I, you know, my, I got flex hours, but when I was done work uh, in Regina, I, I did hit the Toys R Us, uh, three Walmarts. Um, and then that weekend, or Saturday, no, I lied. It was that night I had to be in Saskatoon for a Royal Rally. And <laughs> so I booted up to Saskatoon. And I in Saskatoon, I hit their Toys R Us. I hit, uh, oh, sorry, I also started at the Moose Show Walmart. Forgot that one uh, <laughs> because I live in Moose Jaw. Uh, then, then I did uh, two, only two WalMarts in Saskatoon, and in the Royal Rally. And this is funny. My, um, I was supposed to be the navigator, ended up being the driver. But long story short, my 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 good car is in for a new transmission, and my buddy's car got rear-ended like literally hours before the uh, the race started. Um, so I had to bring up one of my spare cars up Saskatoon, and, and long story short, I was the driver. This is a race. I stopped in Prince Albert, <laughs> make sure I hit the Walmart. And you know what? There's two figures in there and a freaking, uh, as an A-wig there. I didn't find it in either Regina, Musha, or uh, Saskatoon. So, hey, it was worth it. But it's like, that cost me 10 minutes. Like, yeah, I know. But, <laughs> but. I'm driving. <driver. laughs> so, yeah, so that was, uh, so that was uh, my first Friday uh, and Saturday. So yeah, I picked up everything that was available. I was able to get at the end of you know by Saturday at noon. I grill had everything. Nice. Out at the time. So now it's waiting for some of the uh, the other things like the Yoda and the um, Obi Wan. I mean, yeah, some guys in the states are picking them up. Well, could pick them up about a month ago now. And, My brother found them today. Oh, they're okay. So yeah, and, and I find the East gets them before the West. So if you got them now by end of next week, I should be able to find them here. Um, and something I should mention is is I. Uh, it doesn't matter now, but it used to matter. I want the Canadian stuff first, and most of my stuff on display is Canadian, even though I have the U.S. equivalent in box. I only display the Canadian stuff unless it was like the last um, episode one figures where the last it was nine or ten figures or only U.S. carded. So those ones get displayed because I have to display one of everything. But um, now that most of the things are uh, quad logo um, or you know, most are quad logo, that uh, it doesn't matter anymore, but I still would like, rather buy in Canada first, just because you know I still prefer a, an English French logo card over just a, an English only card. Just a preference of mine, and I've got a lot of arguments with guys like Brian's you know, Brian's Toys and other guys over you know the Canadian stuff versus American or U.S. stuff. But 
yeah, you know, I'm Canadian. I, I got to support that one first, even though, you know, a lot of Americans wouldn't buy a Canadian car to think we're, we're life, love or, love our money. <laughs> uh, no, I definitely understand that. It was a, sort of like that Tops versus Opeachy thing when we were kids collecting cards. Yep. And you know what the, the better cards are, are still the OPG ones. <laughs> they were, I, you know what they, I, I always found that the, the printing was better and the cardstock was a little bit thicker. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, but again, you know, as a collector, I have to have both sets and you know, I, I couldn't tell you how many cards I have. They're both tops and OPG of, you know, the vintage stuff, but yeah, I got uh, trays of them. <laughs> nice. I, I can spot the tops from an OPG without, as soon as open the box, I'll even see in the card face. So you see the edges, you know, which ones it is. So I wanted to ask you about the, the thrill of the hunt. Now we have so many ways in which to do that now, whether it's it's you know uh, flea markets or retail or Amazon or eBay or Facebook groups. Yeah. So um, my my what makes me the most excited is if I'm walking somewhere, if I'm in Europe and I'm walking, I I, I I'm a magnet to toy stores, comic stores, and so even in Europe I'll. I mean, like, I mean, some of my favorite pieces that I picked up um, were things I picked up while I was traveling because I wasn't expecting to see it and I happened to see it. And yeah, it may not have been perfectly mint, but I got it in this little town in Bruges, this, uh, you know, Anakin um, multi logo figure. Had to have it, um, you know, those kinds of things. But so if I can find it in person, that gets, that's number one on my, my chart. That's what I want to find. Um, if I can't find on there, eBay is my last choice. So I will then go word of mouth. I'll do Facebook. Um, like there's not enough collection groups now as I'll put throw a post out. Hey, I'm looking for a, uh, Laylee, um, scout trooper, mint on card, uh, AFA or, or at least grade seven or 70, 75 or better. Tell me if you got one. And then if they do, then I'll do, make a deal and then get that way. Uh, eBay eBay, I can get most things on, so that doesn't. It's not really a fun or a challenge. Uh, so what I will do is, like for the next celebrations, is I'll wait till celebrations, and at that celebrations, I will go there and I will. Um, customs guys know me well <laughs> when I come back. <laughs> uh, the guys in Regina, when we still had direct flights in the Regina, um, I mean, I'm not kidding. I've gone through there with five or six boxes full of stuff, and. Um, I keep really good records, so when I because I have to put everything in a database afterwards. And when you're going through customs, it just better be honest because you're be honest, it's a lot less hassle. So here's the stuff, and nine times out of ten, they'll look at what is this toys? Yeah, toys, vintage, just ask that. Here's a list of stuff, and most of the times they'll look at it, they'll wave me through. Um, so I hope you know everybody can show up tomorrow asking for extra cash, but. Um, it, you know, it, it's just toys for my collection. I'm not buying multiples. I don't want dupes. I want the original things I needed and or or better than what I had before. And yeah, so um, I remember coming back from one celebration that had, I think it was seven large four or six cubic foot boxes of stuff I picked oh up. Oh my goodness. And uh, of course, I'm freaking out all the time. I, I've, I'm a master packer. So when I, when I travel, I know how to pack and I've never had anything destroyed. I've had a few things damaged slightly, um, but I would rather do that than go on eBay and say, yeah, I need this to eBay. And it just comes. Uh, other things I've learned on eBay as a Canadian is never order vintage stuff in the wintertime because the chances of in the brittleness of the stuff, I've had too many examples of figures cracking the, uh, the bubbles in shipping. So, Oh, wow. I hadn't even considered that. 10 years ago, I stopped doing that. And uh, it was like, 
there's there's absolutely no way I can guarantee it, and North of Seller can guarantee that that figure is going to show up one piece. Now, if I go down during celebrations, which is nice and hot most of the time, I have no concerns. I just make sure I pack them very well in, uh, you know, either acrylic cases or you know, star bubble or star cases or what have you. And again, I've only had a few ever damaged, but yeah, I've, uh, you know, yeah, I, customs guys for the most part have a good idea who I am. <laughs> when they come That's in. amazing. Plus, we're jacked at the same group all the time, right? Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> now that we, we don't have a direct uh, flight anymore, I have to go through Calgary or, um, well, Calgary, most part, or Toronto. And, uh, yeah, it's different there because, you know, you're just a face and you're just a, just a, yeah, sure. Nobody knows who you are. But yeah, so I've, I've had a lot of those, those things. But no, I, I prefer buying stuff in person, hands down. It's, it's, because that's the thrill of the hunt. I see it, it's in my hand, it's tangible. I can check if it's a fake. It's good. I'm taking it. Yeah, uh, you, you feel like a conqueror. Like I, I, you went out into the wild and you came back with a trophy. You bet. <laughs> you, just, no, now with that said, there's, I have a few items on here that if they ever show up in eBay, I, I won't say what they are because I hate to see them come up for like, you know, a hundred thousand bucks, but there's a few things I want bad enough. I don't care how much it is. I will buy them, but they're that freaking rare that I've never seen one come up for sale in 15 years on one item. And, the other one's been about five years. Haven't seen it either. If, it, if they do show up, uh, because of what they are, no one's going to make a fake of them because it's just it's such an obscure thing that nobody's going to look for it. But um, you know, I, I desperately want those as as key pieces for my collection. But I've never seen one come for sale, even on the sites. Like it's just something that's so odd. And, and these are cards. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's something I have to have. But I I've been looking for so long now that I'm almost. I've kind of given up, but I will still every morning, uh, my routine, check eBay just in case. And about once a week, I'll check the forums and yeah, I, I may someday find them, but I don't know if I ever will. Have you ever reached out to Steve Sansweet? Maybe he might be able to point you in the right I, direction. Um, he doesn't collect quite the, the thing I want in that case. Um, I have talked to him at a conference. Um, I have talked to his staff uh, many times. Uh, I still have one of those open invite. Well, after what happened, I don't know if I'll have an open invite, but I believe I can get in to see his collection um, you know, at some point. But uh, I haven't been in, in that area of the States in years. But um, but yeah, I definitely do want to go through his collection. Um, but yeah, no, I've talked to his staff more, but I have talked to him at a conference. And at the time, we were talking about you know Canadian collectors and such a small group, and it's hard to find things. And you know, where, you know, he has a lot better contacts and, you know, he's a very friendly guy. So yeah, pretty good. There's also, um, Gus Lopez. Um, I'm on Facebook with him and, uh, I am with Steve, but Steve doesn't really do much, um, on that other than, you know, post videos occasionally, but Gus has, uh, more access to Canadian type stuff. So Gus is a better guy to talk to for that kind of stuff. Right. So you talked about packing, you're a master packer. So in the hypothetical situation that you need to move and pack all this stuff up, is this, are you going to let the movers handle this with white gloves or are you taking care of this yourself? <laughs> that is funny. Um, let's say this. When I moved from Regina to Moose Jaw in 98, uh, I had three, at the time my collection was only vintage stuff. I had three boxes that the movers were not to touch and I took those myself. Um, long story short, when my, my first wife and I split, um, I had my friends and stuff do all the packing with me and, uh, you know, we, we were very careful taking that stuff. Um, but I did lose, I, I, in my head, I had one or 2% loss rate in my head. I only had well three items that were damaged. So it was minimal damage, but 
Um, you know, I, I'm pretty careful, but at this stage now, I, I wouldn't even know how to move this. Um, I, I'd probably have to hire curators from museums and my buddies and, uh, you know, it would take a month just to pack this one room up and then the stuff off site storage is, is well packed. So that stuff's easy to move because it's already packed, but to, to put this stuff away, I, I, I'm not, I, I, I'd be scared to think about what, how much effort that would be. <laughs> Um, you know, I, as my wife and I said, when I built, when I built this house, it was, this is a forever house. Uh, it's not, you know, no matter what happens, I'm staying here till I die. And, you know, you know, if you don't live me, throw my ashes in an urn into the collection until you go. And then in the will, you know, um, I was kind of joking that someone like a Steve Sansweet, um, nonprofit organization would be a good place to donate the collection to, because when I'm gone, there's just too much stuff to even deal with. Um, so, it, you know. Unless someone's a dot-com billionaire, uh, I can't imagine, you know, my wishes would be not to sell the collection to, to a, uh, an estate. But I could see going to something like a nonprofit organization like Steve Sansweet Group where Rancho Obi-Wan where, hey, at least they'll keep the collection intact. It will be mixed in with his, well, with other stuff. Um, but, you know, in reality, he's got everything I have. There's very few other of my unique pieces that he doesn't already have. So, um, but you know what? It, it, that's about the only collector I know out there that actually wouldn't turn around and sell it on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine that. So in 2015, when you first came onto the scene here, thanks to our wonderful media, yeah. um, you're, <laughs> you were estimated to have about 25,000 pieces and you keep adding to it monthly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, couple things I, I probably shouldn't do is talk numbers like that, but I did. Um, and it's funny because when CBC was here, um, and it was my regular job, I do a lot of media interviews. And, you know, you got your three talking points, you stick to them, and it doesn't matter what the media asks, you stick to your talking points. It's kind of what they teach you, right? Um, but after three hours of talking, when the cameras are on, they pick and choose what they want to put on. And sometimes they don't put the best stuff on in my opinion like if i was the editor i would have a different new story in my opinion but uh it was still a good story but it's just you know they're only trying to do they only got what three seconds or two minutes to do it but you spent three hours talking about stuff and so they picked their stuff anyway long story short uh i think unique stuff i'm probably closer i thought it was fifty thousand uh unique items which means no duplicates and then if you took a duplicates and stuff I, I with well, I mean, if you count cards, it'd be hundreds of thousands. But you can't count cards because they're they're worthless. But yeah, it, it, if uh, last time I tried to have my collection appraised, Lloyd's wanted about six hundred dollars US a month for insurance, and at that point, it's like, yeah, the place burns down. I just done collecting, um, you know, that kind of thing. Because I just, you know, it was just too much money just to insure the thing. So I built a fireproof place where, um, you know. Anything is destructible and anything is, you know, someone can break in. But the reality is I've done my best to make it as secure as I can. It's uninsured. It goes, it goes. Um, I'd be devastated. But, I mean, I, 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 you know, you get insurance and this kind of stuff, they'll give you a Vader. They will not get you a 1978 12-back Vader with a double telescoping saber. It's not happening. They'll get you a modern $10 Vader mm. and call Oh, so it's not it's not worth it at all to, in, to insure it, unless unless you do someone like Lloyd's where they'll insure anything, but it's at a cost. So sure, um, and that was that quote was over ten years ago that they wanted that insane amount of money. So like, and I, I wanted to send them the database and say, here's what it, here's what it is. Tell me, 
roughly what insurance would be for a full replacement. And uh, yeah, it, it, it just ain't worth it. So yeah, so I'd rather put some of the money into making sure I got a fire rated place that in theory shouldn't burn down or, you know, sort of an airplane crashing into this place. And, <laughs> you know, that, it doubles so, as a bunker. <laughs> yeah, not quite that strong. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's what, it, yeah. So yeah, I, I still spend, uh, probably more money than I should, but, uh, you know, to me, I, I, I could be spending on other things and, uh, this is uh, something I, uh, I've been doing all my life pretty well, at least all my adult life and, uh, I'll continue doing it because it's what I enjoy. But, uh, Absolutely. my big, my biggest problem is I just don't know where to put stuff now. And I, I'm, 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 I'm seriously trying to figure out how to, how do I maybe add another addition to the addition or do I add, you know, put a second story under this one and, uh, you know, just double the floor space somehow. And so, you know, wife and I are kind of debating on that. I mean, when I built this place, it was built with the intent. I could do that, but you know, I, I got two kids. I got a you know, very demanding job and it's hard to, hard to find time. <laughs> oh yeah. So, but, uh, uh, I'll still do it. It's still worth it. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, co- I collect, you know, very minimally, but yeah, it's, it's so addictive. It's, it's just something that hooks you and you just want to get more and more and more. Everything I own is, well, just about everything I own is, is in a box in my closet. And it's been that way since I moved out of my parents' house you know, almost 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just, I haven't had a chance to get it all out yet. Well, I still have stuff at my parents' house. I still have stuff at the ex-wife's house. I still have <laughs> <laughs> it's just I just have too much stuff, right? I, I and that's just reality, and it's kind of a running joke. I get I get along real well, well with the ex-wife, and uh, you know, but yeah, I still have stuff there. And occasionally, um, as she's running out of room, I kind of get a box shows up, and like, oh, okay, well, okay, what? Well, oh, right, this one for the database. Okay, box three hundred five. That's what's in there. Okay, figure out what I want to do with it, and you know, find a place to store it. And yeah, yeah, you have to be well organized. Otherwise, it becomes, you know, hoard. Okay, the difference between a collector and hoarder. I'll tell the story. My, 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 my current wife, uh, she completely supports my, my collection. Um, but she was watching one of those TV shows on hoarders or something like that. And it was about collect- collection hoarders or something like that. Uh, and I can't remember. I, and she, hey, Ryan, you got to see this. So I run in there and like, oh, yeah, let's do this. And, and uh, they had that lady from the hoarder show, but this was about collections. And, and she said, well, unfortunately, these aren't hoards because these are organized. People know where they are. Like, I can tell you every, where every figure is that's not in here for the most part. Um, it's stuff in boxes. I have a database. They'll tell me where it is because I just know I'm trying to, which boxes. And I don't know. Let me look. Um, but anyhow, so after she saw it, she was kind of disappointed. She can't call me a hoarder because I, I do know where everything is. It's well organized. I have a database of stuff I need. I have a database of stuff I have. I have a database of stuff I'm willing to trade for things I need better. Um, you know, but without organization, it's a, it'd be a pretty tough job. Chaos. Stuff. Yeah. Yes. So of all the thousands of thousands of items that you have, are there any that stick out as this is, I, I guess you, this might take you right over to your childhood box, but what would be your favorite items? Well, um, okay. What, I don't have a single favorite. I, there's too much stuff, but things I like, uh, one is I have a gold plated 24 karat gold stormtrooper uh, that was used in a patent process. Um, long story short, somebody was trying to, find some way of electroplating gold onto plastic. And so I gave them a bunch of Star Wars figures, say, hey, hey see if you get gold to stick with this. And in, a, in the process, whatever they did, they got a patent out of it. And I got gold-plated Stormtrooper out of it. 
<laughs> so nice. It's one of my favorite pieces to show off because nobody has that. Uh, I mean, there's the gold three PO that came out in Lego and things like that, but yeah, that was mass produced. Wasn't mass produced. It was very limited, but um, you know, that was a store doing it. This this is pretty unique. Um, but yeah, as, as Boba Fett's my favorite character hands down of the the. Um, so my my childhood Fett was was my favorite of my figures. But again, to a collector, it's like yeah, I'd rather have a Star Wars uh, you know pack mint on card one but like yeah but this one's still my favorite um modern stuff um efx i love their stuff efx does such a good job on uh the quality of the stuff they do um so i like buying stuff from them um i haven't done so lately because again I, it's such large stuff hard to display but uh, efx has done a pretty good job um some of the cards, uh, the older vintage or more vintage cards, uh, I just love them. I can look at them all day, even though, you know, compared to modern cards are you know, so glossy and perfect. Uh, the Masterworks top set is one of my favorites. I, I got a, a, I can't say the word master. I'm missing a few cards to have a master set, but I'm only missing about three or four, one of, uh, one of tens to have a master set of it. Wow. And um, there's a guy. I'll say he lives in Calgary, but he doesn't quite live in Calgary anymore. But uh, he's got, I believe, all of them now. He was one short last. I think it was one short last time I talked to him. So him and I are kind of competing on the same stuff. So that makes it a little tough for me. So when you talk to the American card collectors, uh, you know, they, they definitely know him. And <laughs> most of them have learned to, to, to know who I am. Um, but uh, I love that set. It, it's um, the, the first one was such a beautiful set. Um, but the problem with Tops is they want... You know, you got your base card, you got your blue, you got your green, you got your red set. I mean, they 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 so they push all these parallels to make it very expensive to get a master collection of a set, and I'm kind of frustrated with that in general. But uh, when it comes to beauty, the last uh, the first one they put out was a beautiful set, so that would be on my top of my list uh, stuff. And then any vintage carded figure, they're all beautiful. Um, There's they, something about that package, isn't there? There is, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's I don't know, it's it's an adrenaline rush. You know, you see it. Oh my, gotta see it. Even 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 stuff I have here that I look at a lot, and uh, you know, I pull it off the wall. I'm looking at, it, you know, brings back memories. It's like a, you know, um, I don't know, just you know, like music is to some people. You hear a song and it puts them in a certain mood automatically. Me, I see vintage, like boom. You know, I don't care how bad the day was. It's a great day. You know, yeah, it's, I, I don't know what it is. It, there's there's no other packaging in any toy line ever that maybe Transformers, the G1 stuff, but yeah. the Star Wars stuff, just there's something about that packaging, the vintage look of it. It just takes you right back. And it just, it's, it's just so a word that we use a lot on this podcast, iconic. Yeah, there's absolutely. There's something very special about it, the front and the back. Yeah, and, and that's and that's where when they, they released a vintage collection, it was like, you know what? This has to be displayed because this is just too cool not to, even though it's modern. Um, it's just too darn cool, especially when it came with Revenge of the Sith line or parts on there. Like, you know, um, there's a lot of collectors that collect and, and have successfully got the Revenge of the Sith carded stuff. But, um, but you know, yeah, you're paying top dollar for it. And, you know, it's nice to have that kind of stuff, but when they release that set, like, hey, this is this this just works. Absolutely. So, we've only got a couple questions left here for you. So, we got a question from uh, a listener of our podcast who recently asked us some advice on how to stay focused during collecting. Now, he, <laughs> you know, he doesn't want to get all scattered all over the place. 
So what advice could you impart to somebody who just wants to either focus on a character or a theme of Star Wars? How do you, how do you, how do you keep your, your laser focus when you're collecting? Okay. So I may not be the best guy to ask because I started as a completionist (laughs) and now I have had to, uh, focus more and more. Um, what I'd say is it is, is focus on a theme. Uh, my theme is mint on card figures, toys, that cards. And, 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 and I've tried to narrow that down, but that's, uh, that's a fairly large area still. Um, excuse me. But if I was, if I was talking to say my son or, or someone who's just driving off the street, I would say, focus on what you love best about star Wars. Is it the action figures? Is it the cards? Is it, um, I don't know, something different. Um, and is it something that is it just one or two characters you like, or is it the, you know, do you just like the empire? Do you like the rebels? And then start defining what it is that you like about it and then start building your collection on that. I mean, I've seen some beautiful, um, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, General giant, um, especially on some of these uh, star Wars forums or man caves. Um, there's some very beautiful collections who just focus on the uh, general giant. Like I have a lot of general giant, but I have no room to display it. So I've only got a few choice pieces out. Um, but you know, I can't do justice. These guys have beautiful displays, but that's what they want. So if you love those, find a general giant, find a place to display it. Um, but whatever it is you're collecting, make sure you display it. Don't buy it, throw it in a box so nobody can see it because at that point, then it, it, it really isn't, you're not really doing the collection justice. Uh, just to say you have it and you, you can't display it. And of course, this is where it's hard for me to tell people that because, you know, I got more stuff in a box than I have out, of, out on display, but I just don't have the room. Uh, but if I'm starting over, you know, it would be um, Stormtroopers, Boba Fett's, anything related to them. Um, and then, you know, expanding to their f- vehicles for them. So anything that's, you know, Slave 1 for, for Fett and, uh, you know, Vader's TIE Fighter and stuff. And then maybe start to Star Destroyers. Or Lego, um, you know, those kinds of things. So try to find what it is you love about the collection or the movie. Start with the movie. What do you love about the movie? And then define that and then keep zeroing down to something that's manageable. And then if you can manage that and you still want more, then add to it. But uh, coming in, trying to think you're going to buy everything, um, A, it's, it's a lot of money, a lot of time, and it's a lot of space. So I, I would say focus, zero in on what it is you like best and then work your way out as you can. Uh, I had to do mine the other way around. I started really broad, and I've been narrowing down. And, you know, I, I expect if you talk to me 10 years from now, it will probably be cards, <laughs> just figures, because that's all I got room for, or um, unless, of course, I, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so that would be my advice to someone collecting, it, it, is start with what it is you love about it and work back, as opposed to try to start out and work in. Uh, it'd be easier for you. Yeah, uh, that sounds that sounds reasonable. There you go, Stu, from the one, expert. Yeah, one more thing for Stu is is uh, sometimes helps be OCD <laughs> and uh, um, catalog what you have. There's nothing worse than I come back from Toronto and I buy a bunch of stuff and I forgot to bring my laptop and I I bought stuff I thought I needed and I come back home like oh more stuff I didn't need. Oh well. <laughs> So um, have some way of tracking what you, you need. That helps because, um, you know, you, you sometimes waste money and time on, on things you probably didn't need to do. So I'd say be organized and try to be the best organized you can. And, you know, I got little books I take when I travel now. So of, of my key items that I'm looking for. And those are that I know in my head, but 
sometimes I should just double check before I buy that. Good to know. I'm kind of on the right track then because I, I have little Google documents uploaded to the to the cloud that if I'm out and about, especially with the vintage comics. Yep. And if I'm flipping through a rack, do I have this issue or do I not? I, I lose track. This well, is a, what, It's a great way to quickly pull out a document and say, I don't have that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and comics is a great example. Like, you know, mine, I, I had some damage uh, years ago done. So I had all my vintage, at least my 35 cent ones were, uh, were, were still good. But uh, I had to replace a bunch of them. And uh, so I kept the original ones, even though some of them were damaged from, from water. And, uh, you know, it's again... I know I have it, but I want the better condition one. So when I'm traveling, I have to look. And again, it's a great condition for me. I want the best graded one I can get. So if I can get a nine, nine and a half, I'm taking it. Um, you know, especially if I only have a seven right now, that kind of thing. So, yeah. So yeah, Google Docs is great. Uh, yeah, awesome. technology is a great thing nowadays. All right. So last question. We're gonna we'll break away from collecting, but I got to ask you about the Last Jedi. What what's your hype level at? What are you looking forward to? What's, what's got you maybe a little bit nervous? Okay. okay. Good questions. Um, so let me take a step back at episode seven because I went into a um, Facebook lockdown. I didn't want to have someone wreck it. So so my rule of thumb, and it's main, I've maintained it for this movie as well, if I cannot, if it's not something released as a trailer, um, I'm not, I don't want to know. I want it to go la, 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 la. Uh, and most of my friends respected that and, and nobody wrecked it for me. And, you know, of course I hit the opening nights or opening days or evenings and what have you on, on for the movie. But uh, for this one, what I've seen is the only trailer, uh, the, the trailer, and then a little bit of making with the trailer. Um, so what I'm seeing is uh, slightly concerning is, okay, so is Luke kind of gone bad? Because, you know, Disney, when they bought the brand from Lucas, they kind of threw out all the canon and they said, well, that doesn't really count. And then they've come back and said, well, okay, we'll call it Legends now. So all the freaking novels are read and stuff. <laughs> may or may not exist, but, you know, when we heard Ben Solo, okay, well, it's him and Ben Skywalker. So is Ray his twin or is, this, is she a Skywalker instead or is she not even either of the two groups? And so there's a lot of those questions that Seven had. And, of course, after I've seen the movie, I did kind of look at the threads. And there's all kinds of theories out there of what, what's what. And uh, But anyhow, so when we talk about episode eight, based on Luke wanting you know, the Jedi must end, and of course you've seen the pictures now, because uh, I also on the Card Trader app for Tops, um, <laughs> and you see Luke in black. It's like, well, yeah, Luke was a black and, and Jedi, but I have a lot of people, or I have a feeling a lot of people thinking he could be Sith, but I can't imagine Luke being Sith, but you know, in the old canon, Luke did turn to the dark side for a period of time. So you know, they're, they're, they're pulling those strings and pressing those buttons, aren't they? Yeah. So they have a lot of people excited, but you know what? Um, my only concern, this is my son's, my son's pretty critical of, of Star Wars right now. And I think he just does because he knows it bugs the hell out of me. But, <laughs> you know, I just hope it's not going to be a repeat of Empire in a new movie. Like, you know, they have the, the new walkers and they have them speeding towards them. Like, you know, you almost didn't need to do that from the, the one scene you see. Um, of course, you know, you know, on first Friday, when you go towards us, gave all these posters, right? Of course, I had to look at the posters going, oh, yeah, okay, so there's, there's walkers on it. And, Okay, it's maybe red sand instead of white snow, but I hope they're not going to have a lot of too sim similar. I hope it's a really unique story, and it sounds like it is, but don't rehash a lot of the old stuff we've already seen before and just call it the first order because that mm -hmm. might disappoint me a bit. I'll still be, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm still a fanboy. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm hooked for life, yep. but um, I just hope there's some 
um, creativeness in, in this and that there's a lot more to it. And maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe they released something that, hey, we've seen this before in the second Star Wars movie, Being Empire, which is, of course, the best Star Wars movie ever. Uh, <laughs> period. <laughs> but, you know, please, please don't have anything else that's kind of following the old stuff because, you know, the old movies were awesome. Well, the, you know, Star Wars Empire and Jedi were awesome. Uh, well, one was um, far from my favorite. Two was you know, tolerable. Three was actually not bad, but um, but don't take the original three and, and, and just rehash it again and again because I'm kind of tired of Hollywood taking the old stuff and recycling it because I'd, I'd like to see some new stories on stuff. So that's my concern is they, they may have recycled too much out of the movies, um, but now that's my son's critical cynicism that he hit me with. I don't expect it'll be like that. I think maybe they just did it on purpose to get fanboys all excited. And, um, you know, it, it should be a good story. We should find out more about Ray. We should find out more about, um, you know, Kylo Ren and where he's coming from. We'll see more about Snoke. Um, we'll kind of see where it's going because I got a lot of theories on him. Is he Plagueis? Is he uh, the Emperor again? Or is he, who is he? We don't know. But I'm avoiding the internet on this topic for the last six months or so. So, you know, I'm still on Facebook, but I'm, if it's a star Wars thing, unless it's coming from, you know, Lucasfilm or Disney, I, I'm not reading it. I don't care. Um, I want to be surprised on in the evening with my popcorn in, in costume and let's do it. Very cool. Well, and you know what, you know what, if, if, if it's not to your taste, you have nobody but Ryan Johnson to blame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be awesome. It will be. Yep. So, but we have this Ryan Johnson to thank for spending a good hour here with us. Uh, Ryan, this has been a thrill, man. I've I've really enjoyed having a chat with you. But all this stuff, uh, is there anywhere that where people can go to have a peek at your collection online? Um, I, I I don't normally post stuff publicly. However, with that said, um, I'm a, I'm a moderator on the Saskatchewan uh, Star Wars Buy Sell Group. Um, if you throw an invite there, I'll accept you. Um, and I'll be, I will post pictures of my collection on there. I'll, I'll create a uh, folder of that and I'll talk to my, my cohort there. If he gets grumpy with that one, I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out and I'll send it to you and then you can post it on your site. Um, because yeah, it's, it's something I just haven't bothered. I, get, I do tours for people I know or people that, you know, friends of uh, family, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, if you happen to be in Moose I'd be more than happy to give you a tour. <laughs> Um, so a lot of people, uh, you know, I've, I've seen my collection, but, uh, you know, it, it's one where, um, yeah, I haven't put a lot of photos, but you know what, I, I, I'll definitely put some photos on. So if I don't do it through the Saskatchewan by sell group, um, I'll send it to you and then you can post it on your site and I'm okay with that. Excellent. That'd be great. I, you know, the people that tend to listen to my show are also, uh, enthusiasts and love to collect as well. I, I know they'd be thrilled to see such an enormous and extensive collection. Well, again, I, I, there's no point having it. I don't at least show a little bit of it. <laughs> and there you go. All right, Ryan, thank you so much again for your time. This has been great, and I, I, I can't wait to drop this on to the Tumbling Saber listeners. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I, I enjoyed this. Uh, you know, it, it's nice talking with someone that enjoys Star Wars. I mean, you know, at work, I can't do that. You know, most of the guys I work with, they're, they're not going to talk about Star Wars. They might like the movies, but they don't collect it. They don't live or breathe it. They you know, they don't name their car after after a Star Wars character. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, but I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I tend to do that as well. Uh, but maybe we, we can get you back on down the line. We'll, we'll catch up with uh, what's going on with Han Solo or or Episode Nine. We'll, we'll we'll see where we're all at. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right, Ryan. Thanks a lot. Cheers.
Now, how cool is that, guys? I had so much fun with that interview, and Ryan and I chatted for another good 45 minutes beyond the end of this conversation. He's such a cool guy, uh, so generous with his time, and man, has he got some cool stories uh, left to tell. So we're definitely going to have Ryan back on at some point in the future. But now it's time for me to say goodbye and uh, get on with preparing for episode 96 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. It promises to be a big one, guys. I got got to say thank you to the powerful friends who made this uh, podcast possible. And if you want to hear more of this kind of thing and you're not yet a powerful friend, head over to patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. And for two to three bucks a month, you get a whole host of benefits, including exclusive podcasts, early access to others, uh, participation in our monthly giveaways, newsletters, and listen, we've got a whole lot more stuff planned uh, down the pipe. So uh, why don't you head on over there, patreon.com slash tumblingsaber, become a powerful friend, and make this kind of uh, one-off, one-shot type of podcasting possible. And it'll also grant you access to uh, an unbelievably cool community of amazing people, great Star Wars fans, generous with their time, with their energy and their resources and their fandom. I can't say enough good things about the Powerful Friends community. Uh, the, the friendships that we've forged uh, in a very short time are just unbelievable. So uh, if you like Star Wars, you like what we do, uh, head over to patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. Help us out and we'll fill your ears with Star Wars goodness. So that's it for this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Please send me some feedback. Let me know what you think. Uh, Ryan is eventually going to send me some pictures of his collection, which I'm going to pop uh, on our Facebook page and on the website. I'll, I'll direct you all there once I get those pictures. And uh, that's it. So again, thanks for listening. Enjoy your weekends. I hope this is a suitable fill-in for what should have been a Journals of the Willing Week. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't make it happen this time around. Uh, Steve, busy guy that he is, is well on his way to uh, married life. So Steve is on his bachelor party weekend starting right about now. So congrats to Steve. Uh, if somehow he manages to put Tumbling Saber podcast as part of the of his bachelor party festivities, Steve, congratulations, my friend. Have a great time. Uh, keep in touch. Make, let us know that uh, you're, you're still alive. And um, for everybody else, have yourselves a great weekend. And we'll talk to you in episode 96 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. Can't wait to get that to you. It is going to be an awesome show. Me and Corey are stoked, as we always are. And for those of you lucky enough to be playing Battlefront 2 beta this weekend, you lucky dogs, enjoy that. Let us know how it's working out for you. And again, we'll catch up with you later.